Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I ask you to turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15. I want to begin reading in verse 1, but our focal verse for this morning will actually be verse 13. But I want to read from 1 down through 13. So if you'll follow along, Romans chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy as it is written. Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol Him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. And Paul, at this point, pauses. Because he begins to offer up a prayer, a prayer that I believe should be our focus in this season. And Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Archaeologists have dug up in the first century cemeteries in Greece and Rome and have found many tombstones that bear the Greek or Latin inscription, No Hope. Now I want you to imagine for a minute, living in the time that Jesus Christ lived, in that first century, those who had an opportunity to hear the gospel as it began to spread across the world the good news of Jesus Christ. And yet for many in that day, there was no hope. Imagine living your entire life with no hope. Imagine going to your death to that eternal night with no hope. Now for many today, this is the very sentiment of their hearts in the world in which we live. There is no hope. So we think about the virus and uh, all the things that it's done in these many months that it has been with us. The many who have 
become sick, many to the point of death and many dying, many losing their jobs, and many, because of the separation, experiencing great difficulty. But for you and I as Christians today, we know that this is a season of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, and we have the opportunity to center our thoughts on hope. It's a beautiful chance to reflect on the hope that God offers to the lost and dying of our world. To those who would cry out, no hope. It's an opportunity for us as Christians in this season to live a life that says we have hope in Jesus Christ. Paul, in praying that prayer, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope is a prayer that we should take to heart in this day. We should bring that prayer into our lives every day as we think about the hope that we have in Christ. But this morning I want us to begin by thinking about and reflecting on the foundation of hope. Paul begins in that prayer and he says, May the God of hope. See, for us in this world today and for so many, our hope is put in so many other things. And yet Paul says that hope is based in God and God alone. For there is nothing on this earth that brings hope but God. And we see in Scripture from the very beginning that although man sinned in the garden, there was hope for God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head and you shall, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. I believe this is why through the ages in the Old Testament, the psalmists were able to cry out, but I will hope continually and I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts and of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. See, they were living on a hope for a promise yet to come. And yet we live today in a fulfillment of that promise, having Christ come to this earth, born of a virgin, living as a man, dying on a cross, paying the penalty for our sin, being buried and raised that third day. But I think of those many in the Old Testament who stood on the more than 356 prophecies about His coming that were fulfilled when He came. Those that the believers in that day held to. Again, this is why the psalmist could say, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in You. I wonder what our hope is in today. Is our hope in... This pandemic turning around is our hope and things changing in our world is our hope based on something that materially we're holding to and depending on in our world today? 
Or can we say as the psalmist, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. My soul longs for your salvation, and I hope in your word. As we think about the foundation of hope this morning, our hope can be based in none other than God Himself. Through His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior in this day. I'm reminded of that old hymn. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Let me ask you this morning, what is the foundation for the hope in your life this morning? Is your hope built on Jesus' blood and righteousness? Are you trusting in Christ and Christ alone? See, that's Paul's prayer for us as he begins this prayer, even for that early church in Rome, and this prayer for us today, a prayer that we should take to heart, that we base our hope, our foundation in God and God alone. That we're able to say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. There's a second thing I want us to see as we think about hope in this morning. I want us to reflect on the the persevering hope that we have as we live life in a world that's upside down. I think about a story that I read in this week. Elizabeth Keckley was a slave in Missouri before the Civil War. And her greatest desire was to purchase her freedom and her son's freedom. Her owner agreed that if she could raise $1,200, she could gain her freedom. Keckley worked as a seamstress And she came up with a plan that she would go to New York City and work there to raise the money, but her owner feared that she would not return. Instead, some of her wealthy clients in St. Louis contributed the money she needed, and Keckley paid the price for her freedom as well as her son's. She moved to Washington, D.C., where she counted Mary Lincoln among her dressmaking clients. But see, I want us to understand, without the help of someone else, Keckley would never have been able to purchase her freedom. But all of us here this morning were enslaved to sin with no hope of ever gaining freedom. In mercy and compassion, Jesus gave His life for us, purchasing our salvation by shedding His blood on the cross. And we are now free from sin, but that freedom does not mean that we do whatever we want. Instead, it calls us to live how Jesus wants us to live, with hope in the present. A persevering hope. Paul would put it like this in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 1, that the Spirit 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His great might? See, it's in Christ that we're able to persevere in the world in which we live through all that Christ brings into our hearts and our lives through the hope that we have in Him. Again, Paul shares in Ephesians chapter 2, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise. Now listen to what he says now. Having no hope. Having no hope and without God in the world. But I love that next little word. But God. Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, it's through Christ that you and I are able to persevere in the world in which we live in. It's through Christ and the hope that we have in Him that we're able to live a life that says to the world around us, Jesus Christ, that we can hold our heads up. And as Paul says in this prayer, we can be filled with all joy and peace in believing. It's by that believing that what Christ has done for us, that the world sees Christ as we live in that joy and peace. Which he calls us to. But we see also in Scripture, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. But it's more than that, he says. More than that. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Hope. It is as we go through the things that we experience in the world in which we live, as we endure, as we persevere, that that hope is bolstered and rises up in our hearts and our lives. Paul says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given us. Paul continuing to write to that church in Rome in Romans 15 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement 
grant you to live in such harmony with one another and accord with Christ Jesus. I'm taken back to that old hymn again. When darkness veils His lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Why? Because on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Oh, but the writer of that hymn didn't stop there. That third verse says, His oath, His covenant, His blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. See, that's how we persevere in the world in which we live. In the hope that we have based in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Oh, but this morning I don't want to leave you in the world in which we live. For there are better things yet to come. Amen? We want to reflect on the expectant hope yet to come. Scripture tells us in the book of Hebrews, as the writer of Hebrews shares in chapter 6, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. See, Jesus has gone on before us. I love those words where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, one day I'm coming to get you that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, what a hope we have in Jesus. The words of Paul should encourage us in this day. May we be able to say as he did, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth unto now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemptions of our body. For in this hope, We were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For he who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I'm patiently waiting for that day. I'm looking forward to the day that my Lord and Savior returns again. I would encourage you every day when those eyes open in the morning before you ever swing those legs off the bed ask in your heart is this the day? Is this the day? Oh how we would live differently if we ask every day and lived as if it was the day that Christ was returning. That expectant hope of glory. Peter said this as he wrote to the early church. Much struggling and persecution. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter says, Prepare your minds for action. Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Fathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. The last verse of that old hymn says simply this, When He shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in Him be found. Dressed in His righteousness alone, faultless, to stand before the throne. That is the hope that the world needs to see from you and I as believers in Jesus Christ in the world in which we live. A world around us that simply has those words continually before them. No hope. No hope. And yet in our lives they can see the hope of Jesus Christ. Are you living such today that that hope is shining in the world around you? Does your life say Jesus in all that you say and all that you do? That is the hope that our world needs today. Let's pray. Father, we pray as Paul prayed that May the God of hope fill each one of us here this day 
and all who are believers with all joy and all peace as we believe in You, O God. God, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by our strength or our might or what we do, that we might abound in the hope that comes in Christ, in Christ alone. Lord, help us to live that the world might see that there is hope. Not in man, not in riches, not in job, not in the world, but in Jesus. For it's in His holy name that we pray. And amen.